0: to another episode of Access-Ability. It's a show on YouTube where I talk about the video game industry, accessibility, and representation. Basically, how can we help more people to play games, and more people to see themselves in the games they play. A couple of days after this video releases, the PlayStation 5 is going to be available in the United States, a bit later in some countries like the UK, but it's going to be out in the US in a couple of days, and Sony has been very secretive about the PS5, um, Microsoft, by comparison, has had Xbox Series X hardware with critics and reviewers for over a month, I think in a lot of cases. Whereas here, the PlayStation 5, it arrived later, it had heavier embargoes. But, those embargoes have now lifted, and as such, I can talk to you about what the PlayStation 5 is like, on release day, as an accessible console for disabled players. So, today on Access-Ability, we are going to talk about the PlayStation 5. We're going to talk about how accessible it is to unbox, we're going to talk about how accessible the new controller is, and we're going to talk about system level features on the PlayStation 5 that help to make it more accessible for disabled players. Firstly, let's talk about unboxing the console. The main box that the PlayStation 5 arrives in features a handle at the top designed to make it easier to carry, but the box itself is very heavy, and is held shut with a single small tape sticker. The box is likely to need to be carried from underneath, not just by the handle alone. Where the Xbox Series X was held shut with several strong stickers, which each featured easy to peel up sides, the PS5 box is held shut with a single fairly lightweight sticker, with no easy to peel up side. Players will need to lift the PS5 box out of its outer sleeve, which can be quite tricky considering how heavy the interior console box is. The console then needs lifting vertically out of its interior box, which can be equally tricky due to its weight and size. Inside the box, players will find cables held in place by cable ties, which can be tricky for some disabled players to open unassisted. Bags for components such as the controller are deliberately left open, and are not taped shut, making their contents easier to access. Now let's move on to the new DualSense controller that ships with the PlayStation 5. The new controller follows the same general form factor as the PS4's DualShock 4 controller, but is slightly larger, wider, and heavier. The PS5 supports PS4 controllers, but only when playing backwards compatible games, meaning that unfortunately, any custom disability focused controllers that you've got for the PS4 will not be able to be used for PS5 specific games. This is a real shame, because functionally the new controller's major two new features which we'll get to in a moment, can both be switched off at a system level. There's no functional reason you can't use a custom PS4 controller to play PS5 games, other than Sony wanting to sell you an expensive new peripheral. So, what are the new features on the PS5's new controller? Well, the two major features added are haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. Put simply, haptic feedback is a fancy form of controller rumble, And resistive triggers can increase their level of resistance, physically resisting being pushed by players in certain games. Now, if you are able to make use of them, both of these new controller features are quite fun immersion tools. However, both are very much potential barriers to accessibility. Haptic feedback can produce a range of sensations via precise rumble intensity, and the resistive triggers can mimic a wide variety of interactions, But, strong rumble can cause issues for some disabled players, and players with hand or finger weakness or pain, may struggle to push triggers which are actively fighting being pushed. So, what has Sony done to try and keep their new controller accessible? Well, players can, on a system level, set the strength setting of vibrations, and trigger resistance, from the standard setting of strong, down to medium, weak, or being turned off entirely. So, with the console unboxed, and the controller discussed, let's talk about system level software settings on the PlayStation 5, and how they help disable players to play this new console. In summary, the PlayStation 5 is definitely a more accessible console than the PlayStation 4 in terms of its system settings, but there are definitely some things that I hope we see added in future updates. Opening the PS5's dedicated accessibility menu, There's quite a few options available for players to select from. Players can invert screen colours, apply colour filters to help assist with various different types of colour blindness, adjust on screen text size, set all text to be bold, adjust the speed of automatically scrolling text, and reduce motion effects and screen movement within system menus. The PS5 also offers the ability to increase contrast in its system menus, to make them easier to read but it should be noted the PS5 does not offer as many high contrast options as the Xbox Series X does. The PS5 also offers players screen reader support, which when switched on features an electronic male or female voice reading aloud on screen text. The speed of the voice, as well as its volume, can be customised. While the PS5 doesn't support your customised PS4 controllers out of the box, it does feature system level button remapping, toggles for vibration and trigger intensity, and the option to alter how long a button is pressed, before it is registered as a hold rather than a press. The PS5 does not feature a setting similar to Xbox One's co-pilot mode, where two controllers can be registered as one by the system. The PS5 has a system level toggle for closed captions, which can either default to the settings of the content, or be customised to specific fonts, text sizes, colours, levels of opacity, and more. This level of closed caption customization is great, and something I would love to see Microsoft follow suit with. Lastly, the PS5 features a chat transcription mode, where online multiplayer voice chat can be transcribed automatically into on screen text. For players who find it easier to type rather than to speak out loud, this setting also allows your typed text to be read out in a male or female voice to other players in voice chat. Leaving behind the dedicated accessibility settings menu, The PS5 does feature a few other settings in its menus, which may be helpful for disabled players. The PS5 does support keyboard and mouse input for system level operation, which may help some players input text and navigate menus. Buried in the saved data and game slash app settings, players have a couple of options for gaming presets that, while not explicitly accessibility features, do serve that purpose for some players. Players can set default difficulty modes they want to play their games at, set default inversion settings for third and first person perspective games, as well as whether subtitles appear in games as a default setting. These are all things which could be adjusted on a game by game basis, but being able to set them at a system level is a really nice touch, which should prevent players from jumping into a game, and not being able to play it properly until first reaching a settings menu. In terms of other Xbox accessibility features which are notably missing from the PS5 at launch, the system seems to lack a screen magnifier, as well as a setting to change all audio to mono for single side hearing headphone users. Lastly, there's one feature on the PS5 which could potentially act as an accessibility feature, but is unfortunately locked behind a paywall. If you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber, some PS5 games will offer dedicated help cards, which can show you video clips of how to complete certain challenges in games. These built in hint videos are the kind of thing that you could likely find a few days post launch by searching around on YouTube, but the immediate ease with which the PS5 allows players to pull up very specific help for the issue they're having is really great from an accessibility perspective. I wish this wasn't hidden behind a PlayStation Plus subscription, because the ease with which it allows for help tips to be accessed is a great accessibility tool. Additionally, And this was a concern ahead of launch, the PS5 features no way to resize its very small home screen icons. The size of these icons makes them tough for many partially sighted players to make out detail in, and I really hope we see that able to be altered post launch. Looking at the launch day PlayStation 5, it's clear that Sony has made real efforts to make this an improvement, at least in terms of system level software, on the PlayStation 4 as an accessible console, but If you stack them up against Microsoft and the Xbox Series X, PlayStation still has a little ways to go. I really wish that Sony would introduce something akin to co-pilot mode, that they would introduce their own equivalent of the adaptive controller. At a bare minimum I wish that they would allow you to use PlayStation 4 controllers on the PlayStation 5, because so many disabled players with custom setups for the PS4 aren't going to be able to transfer those smoothly to the PlayStation 5, and that's not great. Sony clearly has a bit of catching up to do with Microsoft still, if they want to go toe to toe with them in terms of accessibility, but the PlayStation 5 is a massive step up from the PlayStation 4 in terms of accessibility in a lot of ways, and the little complaints I do have, things like the lack of ability to resize icons on the home screen, are things that could be updated in future software updates, and I really hope that Sony does, because This is far from the least accessible console we've ever had, and it wouldn't take too many updates for Sony to bring this in line and to really get it over that final hurdle to be an accessible games console.